Hello, sports fans. Welcome to episode 16 of Risk and Reward, the golf podcast from Winning Edge Investments that aims to keep you on the right side of the punting ledger. My name's Rod Murray, and a special welcome this week to any first-time listeners. Good to have you visit our dark little corner of the internet. Those of you who've been here before will know the drill, but welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully, it's because you're enjoying the show, because Lord knows is hardly having his best run. We'll come to that in a moment. For those who may not be familiar, J.E. is our resident golf and betting expert, and he's well qualified for the position with a lifetime spent at both pursuits. But even a golf pro of almost 50 years standing can't predict everything in this game, and that is, in fact, one of the things that makes us love it so much. J.E., I'll give the listeners some details about the Winning Edge offer in a moment, but first, a hello to you. Are you still ensconced on that incredible property up there where we found you last week in New Zealand? That was stunning, the photos you posted on Twitter. Well, I had to get my car broken down so they can stay a bit longer but the, the, the boss has arrived home she's um, she's walked uh, the Glasshouse Mountains and she's arrived home I got about 8 out of 10 because the mower didn't work when she got here but otherwise it's fine well, you, you were feeding lambs weren't you? Is that what you were doing last week? Feeding them with the boss? Yeah, I, I finally got to the stage where I got sick and tired of catching the third one so I put a rope around it and I can now just pull it in when I need it <laughs> Uh, the pictures that you paint. We're going to come to the betting in a minute, uh, Jay, but first some admin. We'll keep it nice and short this week. Here's the deal, people, and it's a pretty simple one. Now, normally you'd pay 150 bucks a month for the weekly Winning Edge Golf Newsletter, but if you're a podcast listener, shave 25% off that just for starters. That brings it down to 112.50. Then if you sign up for three or 12 months, on top of that, you get the Winning Edge Profit Guarantee, which means if you follow the staking plan laid out each week, you can't lose because if you do you'll get it back. I don't think we need to harp on it this week, Jay, except to say that it's a pretty good deal, and if you're interested in golf and you're interested in betting, it's hard to imagine how we could make it any more appealing. Yeah, well, it's pretty appealing at the moment for them because they might get their money back <laughs> to, uh, the last couple of weeks. We did find the winner two weeks ago, but we didn't tip it, but for the win, we tipped it for the top 20. So, But anyway, it'll uh, it'll all work out in the end, as it, as it seems to do every year. But uh, it, uh, the um, it's a great deal. And uh, I think those subscribers who are in, they know that, and it's just a matter of getting the word out to a few more. Yeah, absolutely. So head to the show notes for links on how to sign up. Don't forget to enter the promo code GOLF25 to take advantage of that special risk and reward offer, 112.50 a month and guaranteed money back. There's just no way I can find to say no to it. Okay, uh, on to this week's golf. Here, J.E., is something that we don't get to say very often in this game. No PGA Tour this week. The behemoth that is the U.S. professional golf circuit. They don't take many weeks off. This is one of them. And frankly, I think for a lot of us, it's quite a relief. Nice to have a break from them, don't you reckon? Well, it probably, I think, to be fair to the rest of the world, should should be a break of at least six to eight weeks. But and, and one wonders why they would just have one week off. It sort of doesn't make a great deal of sense. But however, they, they have a week off. I kept looking for them to try to find the tournament, but the next one, <laughs> the one in Mexico... It's a habit, isn't it? Yeah, that's next week. My my cobra. My cobra. Yeah, yeah, next week. Yeah, but anyway, so there's none of them this week. But we have thrown in a tip on the Asian tour, which we've never done before. Just an interesting guy, but uh, I thought it was a bit over the odds. I've got a, a couple of other tips that I put in. I think you've got a big chance that their subscriber Steve's tips. Yeah, it's not podcast. Podcast Pete. Pete's just got the one. That's exactly all right. Let's let's kick it off with the biggest event of the week. Certainly the biggest event in men's golf, obviously. Uh, the Turkish Airlines Open, the European Tour. Uh, it's an interesting one. There's a funny golf course, this one, isn't it, Jay? It's got, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one that has a tee on the roof of one of the hotel rooms. They tee off from on the roof of that down across the swimming pool, I think, and onto the fairway. It's quite a bizarre-looking place. 
Yeah, well, and that's the only hole that isn't tree lined. I mean, it's a, it's sort of um, a strange golf course, and a, and and a lot of people are pretty disappointed that the PGA, uh, the European PGA Tour goes there mm-hmm. because of uh, Turkish attitude to the Kurds. But the boys all go there, and uh, it's a big event. I think it's a Rolex Series event, it is, and it's a pretty good field. We're run, we're running to the end of year event. The the European equivalent of the, the FedEx Cup, which is the race to Dubai. On that, J.E., and it's a murky question that I don't think we've ever been able to resolve in any sport 100%. There's going to be a lot of controversy soon when the European Tour goes back to Saudi Arabia next week, including some very high-profile players, Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, already announcing they're in the field. What is that relationship between politics and sport? Should we, shouldn't we? Is it all right to just condemn people and not go and play sport there? Does that make a point, or does it actually make things worse? Should we reach out the hand of friendship and... I don't know. What do you reckon? Should they be in well, Turkey this week? Well, philosophically, I always felt going back that politics and sport didn't mix. But you've got to say that the 1981 revolt against the Springbok Tour of New Zealand helped change the situation in South Africa. So, you know, maybe there is a place for certain kinds of activism. Yeah. Uh, where's the? Where do you draw the line? Well, that's right. Uh, There's states in America with the death penalty. They played in China last week. Awful lot of people will tell you that the human record, human rights record in China isn't a good one. Nobody seems to bring that up, though, do they? It all seems fairly um, uh, subjective. A lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the complaints and a lot of the action. But um, my view is, I find it. If they don't, if they're not going to go to Saudi Arabia, they can't go to Turkey. So mm. you know, what is the what is the uh, what does the European tour do? I mean, it's basically charged with the job of finding events for its players to play in at a at a price which they can uh, they can sustain the players' opportunity. Maybe we've just got to forget it until it becomes a situation where it's dire. Yeah, well, it's a, <clears throat> it's a question without answers. Is is isolating nations whose policies you don't agree with the best way forward to have them come on board with policies that you prefer? Uh, well, the thing is, I think, Rod, is if you start ostracising nations for various activities that their governments entail, you won't go anywhere. Well, it'd be kind of the end of everything, wouldn't it? I mean, we get uh, plenty of finger-pointing here in Australia with kids in detention centres and those sorts of things, so you're right. There's uh, It's a very fluid line. But you wouldn't go to... Mania for a start, would you? I mean, you know, so so just just for a start. And I mean, I think that the reality is, is the professional golfer, I think, has an obligation to go wherever the money is and uh, let the organisers Play and politics. the sponsors figure it out, yeah. uh, the, the political issues. Yeah, exactly. And they will put on a good show this week. Now, who? Let's talk about some actual betting. We will get to the golf. Let's talk about some... Actual betting. Who have you selected uh, for your standout value win bets this week in Turkey? Well, I tipped my big uh, go is Ollie Wilson mm-hmm. at six hundred and twenty dollars. Outrageous for uh, a player of his ability. Someone will remember. Many will remember he shot fifty nine. Mm. The only player ever to shoot fifty nine on the European Tour. But he also started off very nicely last week. Uh, admittedly, that's a course he's done well on before, but his record here isn't too bad. Um, I've got. I'm very organised today, so I can tell you exactly what his record here is, and it is. Uh, you need to see an iPad, JD. He played it. Um, so uh, 
I just think Ollie Wilson's a player who's going to come out of the woodwork on the odd occasion. And as we know, that the, the 620, it means that he, he's only got to win once in 20 years. Mm. So so I think uh, Ollie Wilson at 620, that's my big tip. And Benjamin Hebert is a, a French guy who knocks around the top 20, top 25 fairly regularly. Um, almost the Charles Howell III of the European Tour. But, he, but I just think uh, he was he's getting out $230 this week, getting out to odds where we've got to put him in. I, I quite like the way he plays this Benjamin Hebert, mm-hmm. and um, I might keep putting him in if his odds keep uh, keep out at long long value yeah. there. Like, and I think 230 is well over for him. Yeah, and it's that value thing again. I know we harp on it, but uh, and we know that you haven't had a great run in terms of huge results in these last sort of 10 or 12 weeks, whatever, but that's the whole point of it, isn't it? When you do win, you're going to win big. Not, he's 230 for a reason. Most people think he's not a chance, but he's a better chance than $230, isn't he? That's the point. Well, to be fair, two weeks ago I tipped a $500 winner. Yeah, that's true, so, but not in the uh, winner's column. No, so 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 the, <laughs> the thing is we're still finding the winners. Um, it was only my... Um, Just got to remember to back them. <laughs> well, it was, only, it was only the fact that I was in the wrong place at the time and I was trying to fix a, a mower and I didn't know what to do. So that was all the cause. That, and that was a clerical error, but we did find the $500 winner and and as we've done over this year, the seven, the $800 winner, I understand, we've been telling it at 700 but it was actually $799. There you go. And the other one uh, at $400. So... Um, it hasn't been that bad a no, year, really. But, but, but last week, I will say this, and you you very kindly alluded to it, Rod, was I had a horror week, and with nine holes to go, and Scotty Hend at uh, 20 to 1 for the top 20, and uh, Kawamura at $9 for the top 20, both comfortably inside the top 20 at the time. I thought it was going to be a big week for us. And they, both of them fell apart, and so it wasn't. It was a bad week. But that's the way... That's, the way that's golf, isn't it? It really is well, golf. It's not only golf, it's also, uh, it's called variance in yeah. gambling. I had to go look up to find out what it was called, but it's called variance. So we were stuck with variance last week, and hopefully the variance will be in our yeah. favour this week. And just, Look, just for those who think the jet-setting lifestyle is all glitz and glamour, I think you've outlined there beautifully how it can throw you off your game sometimes, flitting from one place to the next, one stunning property to the next. Sometimes, you know, you get a bit confused about things, so don't think it's as glamorous as people make it look. You're, you're talking about me or Scotty Hen? No, talking about you. Don't forget about Scott Hen. He, he was flying in the back of the plane I saw on Twitter. Uh, from... Scotty, yeah, but I think Scotty Hen, uh, I think he lives a reasonably good lifestyle. Oh, he goes he, all right. That's right. Got, I think he's got professional golf sorted out. He's, he's got a fantastic – he's one of my favourite players to watch. He just goes hard and plays hard, and if he shoots 80, so be it. If he shoots 60, fantastic, but he just – he goes hard. He's a, he's a terrific player. I really like him. He's got a great attitude too. If you don't follow him on Twitter, do yourself a favour. He's a very funny man. And uh, well, he's also shown when he got into those uh, bigger events. Uh, I think the one at Firestone. He can. He can. He can. He's not frightened to play with the big boys. Oh no, he's and his good stuff is plenty good enough. Je, I mean, yeah. he still hits at miles at the age of I think he's about forty four now. He must yeah. be. He's long and he's he's, yeah. he's a very good in form. He's a good player and he showed a bit last week. And I don't know. Should we tell him about the top ten? Twenty tips, do you think? Let's go on the top twenty, but come on, that's what that's what the people are paying for, JE. Yeah, well, we we've <laughs> got to tell you, Scotty Hend is uh, who was our twenty dollar tip last week because of his better form last week. Just missed the top twenty. He's come into ten dollars, but I still think that's luxury. So 
We put him in again, Scotty Hen, for top 20 at $10. He'll get on a roll too, Jay. He's that sort of player. He'll, he'll, he'll play one good hole or one good lot of nine holes and something will click and for the next month he'll be hot. Uh, that's, yeah, I think that's that kind right. Of he's, he's a player who, who wants in form, stays in form. Yeah, and that's, yeah. cool. that's and, part of my... And he's genuinely unbothered by having been out of form. It, it can happen as quick as that, and it just—it's it's like it never happened that he was playing badly. He's just back to playing well, and uh, and he rides the wave. Yeah, good guy, uh, good guy. Got a lot of now, time for him. Who else? The, sec- the second top twenty pick was mm-hmm. Gavin Green from mm-hmm. Malaysia. Yep. Uh, big, tall, strong guy, another big, long-hitting character, who's almost got to the front on two or three occasions. I think he led after thirty-six holes in one event re- earlier this year, and, and another one at fifty-four. Just looks to me like a guy who's learning his craft, mm-hmm. and I, and I put him into the top twenty bets at five dollars. I think he's a, a real uh, a real comer, Gavin Green. He, he's uh, he's learning how to win. He's but putting forward scores uh, for two or three rounds where all of a sudden you think, well, he's going to have learnt quite a bit from those experiences, and and, and that will come through it sometime in the near future. Yeah, he, he's got all of the tools. There's no question. He, 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 and he, he learned his craft in Asia and he got right to the top of that. Now he's gone to Europe, stepped up a level, and he's doing that learning again. There's no question he's got uh, – he hits it as long as anybody in the game. He's quite frightening, actually, how far he hits it. It's uh, it's quite intimidating. And I agree with you. I think you're right. He's a comer. It, it won't be long before we see him win something quite significant. And once he does, he'll be the type that I suspect gets on a roll. Speaking of Asia, where Gavin Green's from, Malaysian, I think he is, Gavin Green. Spent a lot of time on the Asian tour over the years. I've certainly seen his name in the results there plenty, and – had a few wins. Let's move to the Asian Tour. And as you said, this is a first for us, the Asian Tour. Do Betfair have markets for the Asian Tour? Do they do that every week? What have you found there for the Thailand Open? No, the um, the, the Thailand Open is because of the absence of the US Tour, they've put the Thailand Open in. Now, my tip here is a, is a young Australian, not a young Australian, and a middle-aged Australian guy called Stephen Jeffress, mm-hmm. who has been a long-term pupil of Laurie Montague's, who is now the Indonesian national coach. And Laurie is a man who I think is as good a golf teacher uh, and teacher of life as there is in Australia. He operates out of Perth. His his team that he's got up in Indonesia are doing unbelievably well. Um, Coming through the ranks, winning a lot of uh, tournaments. I think one one of his pupils recently won on the Asian tour. Uh, first, and uh, Stephen Jeffries has been going to him since he's turned pro about 20 years ago, and Stephen Jeffries won the Fiji International on the European Tour mm-hmm. about 2014, I'm going to say, it was the first one. 2014, well mm-hmm. thank you, Roger. you're starting to sound like Michael Clayton. <laughs> yeah. It was 2014, and uh, on a very, very difficult golf course, Natandala is uh, a mean and a nasty, uh, very long, very difficult track and a very strong winds. So I thought, I've watched him lately. He's had a couple of very reasonable performances. I think he finished in the top 10 in Indonesian Open. And uh, here he is dropping down a level from the European Tour, maybe two levels, and he's at $420. Uh, I had a couple of other tips. I've got a couple of other tips there. Uh, but this one I thought was worth subscribe to uh, podcast beat getting involved with Stephen Jeffries, still playing very well, preparing for a senior career, but still competitive and a very, a very professional professional, isn't he, Stephen? I would imagine that he is very much uh, 
at 8 o'clock in the morning he logs on and he starts working on his golf and he stop, breaks for lunch at 12 or 1. And he comes back at 2 and he logs his – and he, he's a very professional, professional, and an extremely tidy game. Nothing stands out, nothing, no big flashy parts of his game, but very rare for him to go around a golf course over par. And if he does, one, of the, one or two. One of the things Laurie Montague uh, – Laurie, Laurie was a very – fine swinger himself and I, he teaches, I know Laurie lovely bloke I know you're right very different for a golf coach he's got a man bun if I'm not mistaken these days long hair and wears a bandana bit of a hippie he is he's half a hippie but he but but more importantly Laurie is a student of philosophy and mm-hmm. his his uh I think probably 75 percent of his teaching is teaching the mind mm-hmm. And he's very, very knowledgeable, very, very... And, and Stephen Jeffries has been a disciple for a long time. This, uh, you're going to see, I would think, in the next three or four years, five men and three women come out of that Indonesian school of his and they're going to do the sort of things that the Thai girls and the Korean girls have done on the, on the PG, LPGA Tour. I think Laurie Montague's got something to offer the game Bradley Hughes, in my view, is is the teacher who is who has as much knowledge of the golf swing as anybody I've seen. But I think Laurie Montague has the other side of the coin, the mental side of the game, uh, pretty well sorted out. He he reads two or three books on philosophy a week. Oh, Unbelievable no, a, student. Yeah, he's insatiable sort of appetite. Here's a little tidbit for you, Je. I reckon I've had three golf lessons in my life that I've paid for, and Laurie Montague gave me two of them. How's that? I've noticed. I know, yes. I know what you didn't pay for. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson you gave me was free. Uh, dear, oh, dear. There you go. So Stephen Jeffress at the Thailand Open. Best of luck, Stephen. Lovely bloke too, Stephen. Very nice guy. I uh, met him a few times, and he goes, all right. Let's shift to Japan, J.E., and I think they're starting tomorrow. Uh, the LPGA in Japan, which is unusual, on a Friday. But the Toto Japan LPGA Classic, part of that Asian swing they've been on for a while, and all the no-cut events and guaranteed money and whatnot. Who are we looking at in the Toto L Japan LPGA Classic? Okay, we're looking at Manami Katsu. A, you know, as will those people who've been listening to us will have sorted out uh, trying to find the players from the Korean tour in the Korean swing of the LPGA, and we were very successful there. And then shifting to Taiwan to try to find the girls from the Taiwan tour who would be over the odds, that being the whole ambition. Uh, we found a couple there that were that did okay, but they weren't quite as competitive as the Thai girls, as, as the Korean girls, sorry. But here we are in Japan, and the Japanese girls, as Inako Shibuno showed us uh, by winning the British Open, British Ladies Open. Those Jap- the Japanese women's tour is probably almost as strong as the Korean ladies' tour. So yeah. I've gone looking amongst the form girls from Japan and I found Manami Katsu with a phenomenal record over the last five or six weeks. Put her in at $170 the win on Betfair this week. Um Tempted to go to bet three six five, but the odds were so much better on Betfair. That's why we've gone there. Indeed, yep. And the other one uh, was. Uh, oh, can I help you, Eddie? I'll give you a clue. The shortest name in professional sport, men's or women's, anywhere in the world. 
it would uh, be impossible to have a shorter name. Yeah, no, uh, you've got me right. Well, it's Sue, Sue O. O. S U O H. And she's told me personally how difficult she finds it sometimes just to book a hotel room or a car. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine because they'd say, oh, what? Yeah, that's right. So she said, just O. What do you mean O? Yeah, Sue O. O H. S U O H. There you go. You couldn't have a shorter name, could you? Two letters, two letters. Now, now she's a she's a, a she's she's a friend. I think is the best way to describe it of Michael Clayton or yes. a boss. She yeah. Michael's uh, headed for her, yes. and uh, Michael's helped her with with uh, quite a few little, uh, I'm sure, tips on golf course management at uh, playing at Metropolitan where she plays. And the last two weeks against the very best players in Asia, she's contended. Not quite got to the line, but she's contended. And that sort of form, I think, will continue. Uh, she's a she's very, very consistent player mm-hmm. and just looks to be coming to the level of uh, of the better top players in the LPGA. And this is this field has got a very good field. So mm. I, I thought Suo was worth, worth a try. Yeah. I, I think you possibly could get better than $55, but... At this, and that might be tomorrow, but we've tipped her at 55 because I still think that's value. But you might, if you hang out there, you might get 80, 75 or 80. But, Indeed. But you can, you, you, she's 56 bucks each way on bet 365. So you could go there. Yeah. But $55 on bet fair um, if you're just going to back her the win. Yeah. So there you go. So you can either go bet 365, or we've tipped her on bet fair, but. You can make your choice and have go. A look around. That's the yeah. Look yeah, bet three six five. Well, the only other possibility is bet three six five. I think looking at the markets. T- terrific yeah, young lady, sir. Through Clates, I've met her a few times. I've interviewed her a few times for various magazines. Go always got on with her. She's a really delightful young woman. And you're right, she is an extremely good player. About six years ago, five or six years ago, the three top uh, women women amateurs in the game were Sue, Minji, and Lydia Ko, and you couldn't split them. Yeah, if there were three tournaments, they'd win one each. She was very much in that company. And Lydia and Minji have gone on with it, and Sue's taken a bit longer to get there, but she's got all the tools, Jay. And when it happens for her, I think she'll start to really show the talent that she's got. She's had a bit of more of a circuitous route to the top of the game than those two, but it wasn't that long ago that, that, that they were the three. In any given field, you'd pick one of them to win, and you'd be right. Um, well, that's interesting because Clates mentioned to me um, when I was speaking to her about uh, speaking to him about her, because obviously you know chatting for her and playing with her a lot, he knows her better than anybody else. And uh, I said to him, um, "What do you think of her as a player?" He said, "She's a very, very good player. She's just taking it, getting to the top a bit slower than than uh, others have." But she, but he says she will get there. Oh, so she will. Yeah. I was very mindful of that when I was. Looking at the looking at her, watching her development in the last two or three weeks, thinking I'd hate to miss her out, having been given that you know nod from uh, you know a nod's as good as a wink to a blind horse, and Clay's <laughs> given me the good nod. <laughs> He's a and he does know his stuff. No, I'm fully fully endorse that. And look, to be honest with you, she will win at some point, and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. She is as nice a person as you'll ever meet, and a terrific. Wonderfully solid golf game. So best of luck this week, Sue. And best of luck if you've got some of our money on you. Even better luck, we will wish you. 
Uh, we can watch all that unfold over the weekend, Jay. It'll be uh, it'll be as entertaining as it always is. It'd be good to watch a bit of the Asian tour this week with some interest. So glad that you've uh, included that this week. But I think that's it for the betting. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for taking some time, mate. Really enjoyed chatting as always. Thank you, Rod, again. And um, I've just I've got a couple of podcasts. I've been so busy cutting grass here and feeding lambs that I haven't had a chance to listen to your <laughs> most recent uh, good good. And I'm, I've got it scheduled for tonight. You'll enjoy that. It's Phil Blackmar, and he's very much in line with our way of thinking on most issues, but he's also a very entertaining bloke. So I think you'll enjoy it. Terrific guy. I, I thought just just on Phil Blackmar, I think I could have got him over the hump at the Players' Championship if I'd have been standing with him on the 17th. See, that was, that was a very interesting story told there. Um, Extremely open, wasn't it? You won't find many golf pros be quite as open about their own meltdown as what he was. No, it was a very interesting story. Mm, he's and, terrific. And, he's. and um, given the man's intelligence, obvious intelligence, because, you know, you, you, you uh, read his tweets and his, and his writings, he's a very deep thinker about the game. And uh, he's almost an American Michael Clayton, but, but uh, uh, and that's a wrap for me. But, mm. but I'm quite surprised that, he hadn't figured out, having been five or six years on the tour, that the 17th hole at Sawgrass uh, is a mental issue, completely a mental issue. Of course it is. It's just a nine-iron for most of them, isn't it, or a pitching wedge. That's all well, it is. It can, be a, it can be a wedge. It can be a seven-iron, but it can be a wedge. But If you put you know, sand the, around it, J.E., the scoring average would go way down, wouldn't it? Oh, well, you get rid of the 16s and 17s, don't you? Hmm. Well, the average is going to go down, but, but yeah, but it's it's not only that. Is it, I think there is a considerable amount of luck about how the ball's first bounce goes. Hmm. You know, you could, you could because it's an undulating green, you could be unlucky as to where your ball landed. I mean, you could be six inches out yeah. and in the green. Yeah. So I think there is a bit of luck, but I think that's a mind issue. You, you, you. Golf is, as I think uh, Jimmy DeMerritt and, and other players have said, Sam Snead, golf's 90% metal. Mm. Well, and the other, but the other problem with that, Green, of course, Jay, once you've got over the, the hurdle of actually hitting the thing, which is intimidating enough given that there's nowhere to miss it that's not a two-shot penalty immediately, that we're, depending where you hit it on the green, and it's kind of hard to... to, to <laughs> this is the top right-hand corner there is very hard to find and the, the front portion is very hard to sort of find... And if you if you hit it somewhere near the middle of the green, it's almost guaranteed three putt territory. Every flag on the green is a three putt flag from not too far away. So not for Tiger. Well, not for Tiger. Although here's something that people forget: about three groups ahead of Tiger, Robert Allenby hold that same putt, perhaps even a couple of feet longer, and nobody ever it, remembers it. <laughs> he holds the same putt. <laughs> I want to ask you a question about that. Have you ever seen anybody in that bunker? Oh, good question. I have. I'm trying to think who I've seen in there. Did Sergio hit it in there one year? I've never seen anybody in the bunker. You would have think that the bunker, or you would want to be in the bunker with the pin on the front left, but I would have thought the bunker would have been as easy a place to get a par Mm -hmm. from as as maybe the 
being on the green. You see a few in there on Sunday when the pin's up over, above it because it's such a small area to land it in up on that shelf where they put it on Sunday afternoon, that little right the wind, shelf. Wind, the, wind could, the wind could change sufficiently. Yeah, that's right. So you'll see a few people come up short there occasionally. I think it's a, it's a very difficult shot to that back pin because the, at that angle the bunk is so deep because it follows the contour of the green. So yeah. to, to come out left, it's quite straightforward. Uh, not to a short flag, obviously, but to get it out of the bunker is not so bad. But to get up to that back pin out of that bunker, I think it's extremely deep. Uh, and that makes it, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the hole, I'll be honest, J.E. I mean, it, it, it only works, it gets a pass from me because it's been built specifically for that four days every year. And it does its job of entertaining us as spectators. But you can't give it the tick of approval as a golf hole that you'd like to see replicated anywhere. Only just... Phil Blackmark would get me talking about it for five minutes. <laughs> well, that was a terrific – I might put a link to, in the show notes to the blog post that he wrote about the meltdown that he had or the two meltdowns he had at the Players' Championship at Sawgrass. Fantastic, Phil, and it was good to have him on the show. Jay, we've talked for long enough, my friend. Thank you very much. Chat to you next week. Thank you, Rod. Episode 16 of Risk and Reward in the digital book, so to speak. That doesn't make any sense, I know, but there you go. That's what I'm going with, in the digital book. Hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking. Enjoy the golf over the weekend, and we'll see you back here for Episode 17 next week on the Risk and Reward Podcast.